0: changes my whole entire life.
1: Welcome to Gritability, a podcast about the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I'm your podcast host, Adam Clausen, and with me in... The studio today is the beautiful and ever-radiant Roe Clausen. Hello. Ah, it is so good to be back in the studio. A little bit different look here today. Uh, definitely loving this.
0: I love it in here, especially for the episode we have planned today.
1: That's right. Perfect, perfect space, perfect Um seating here for us to talk a little bit about. Share the details of our recent escape out of the country. We're exercising that newfound freedom. Went and got some passports and bolted out of the country to Italy. Right? Amazing trip. For the most part. For the most part. Right up until the point where we were trying to get back into the country and... It looked like I might be detained for a while.
0: I thought you were going to jail. So did I. Yeah.
1: But I don't want to jump ahead because, listen, there was a whole lot to that trip, a lot that you and I definitely want to cover. There were some good things that came out of it, especially because we got off to a great start. Phenomenal start, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So... um, I got to say, I was impressed. You know, obviously, first time for me ever being out of the country. uh, Was really, really excited about that. Uh, So we got to the airport, all of that. Um, Plenty of time in advance. And we had booked these tickets, I don't know, quite a couple months ago.
0: And we... We kind of – the flights were a little screwy because, remember, we were waiting to get our passports. So CJ and I got our passports first, and yours took a couple of weeks because you were still on paper. Mm-hmm. took a couple of weeks longer because I guess there was an extra check. They have to go through the PO, all this stuff. So that's why we waited on buying the airline tickets, and that's why the flights were a little bit stretched out because we had long layovers versus
1: – Well, not not on the way there. True. It, well, it was... we
0: still had a layover, but yeah.
1: we We – I was gonna say I was really impressed on that first trip there that it was all pretty yeah. well lined up. I mean, we had a, a ten-hour flight. That's a long time to be up in the air. I was a little bit worried about how CJ was gonna do with that, but he did amazing. I right? think
0: it was his best flight because this is probably his sixth or seventh flight in two years, and he nailed it.
1: 10, 10 hours. That's a long time for it's a long time for an adult, right? Yeah. To be trapped in a. In a seat, but, man, those international flights were pretty cool.
0: We did an overnight one, too, so we slept a majority of the flight.
1: Got got some good sleep, comfortable seats. We had a whole row to ourselves. Um, so, yeah, that was cool.
0: Even the food on the flight.
1: The food was good. Right? You know, although, quick confession, when I got it, when I got the tray, it initially reminded me of prison food.
0: Oh, I bet.
1: <laughs> it did. Oh, I bet. I saw it, but... I'm going to tell you something. It didn't taste anything like prison food. (laughs) So not to be confused, right? It was the tray. It was the tray that it came in that kind of brought some flashbacks there. Um, But very quickly, man, that first bite, I was like, damn, this is good for airplane food. So I was impressed.
0: That that was good. The layover, I remember after the 10-hour flight, we had a two-hour layover. And then we, (laughs) thankfully, remember we were going to stop and get food. Because at this point it's in the morning. because oh,
1: because we were thinking, hey, we got a little bit of time. We we, we got a couple hours till our next flight, and we're walking through, and it's almost like a mall. It was beautiful, right? Like it was
0: all- the Amsterdam airport is so cool. It was almost like IKEA had a baby with an airport. It was really very like sleek and modern and clean. It was one there was the- like
1: a, a lot of high end shops in there yeah. and places to eat, and so as we're walking through we were like damn let's let's stop let's get something to eat let's take our time and then there was just something you know i'm the planner right like i need to to have a plan and know that we're going to get to where we need to to be and i was like let's just go a little bit further let's let's go find our gate i always like to know okay like where are we supposed to be let's figure out where that is let's go check it out and then, like, whatever time we have, we can go elsewhere. We can go explore. And thank God we did that.
0: Yeah, we forgot all about the passport check.
1: Custom, Checkpoint. Yeah. yeah. We had to go through customs getting into Europe. Yeah. So, because we're flying from the U.S., so we had to go through the passport check.
0: And CJ and Adam got their first stamp at the same time. I was right? like, CJ, it took you two years. Took that. <laughs> took me 25. a little bit
1: longer. Took me a little bit longer to get that first stamp, but hey, that was cool. Yeah. Got that stamp, was all excited. We went through. And honestly, it was even a great experience from that point forward. You know, we didn't have to wait real long.
0: Yeah. No, it was great. I remember we got on the second flight, which was only an hour and 45 minutes. And I said to you, I was like, this has been the best experience, like airline flights, everything with CJ that we've had. Like, this is been great. And what did you say back to me?
1: I was like, it's not over yet. Let's just wait.
0: Uh, Famous last words.
1: And yeah.
0: That day took a turn real quick.
1: It did. It did. So we landed. The airline was okay, but it was nothing compared to KLM, the first flight that we took. KLM was great. KLM was like old school, like what you see in the movies of how airlines used to be. I
0: totally agree with that. In Europe, I feel like the flight attendants, the airlines, all are very reminiscent of what we hear, like the 1960s. Yeah. Airlines, and flight attendants, all that were. The,
1: the level of respect, yeah. just the way that the, the the stewardesses and stewards were put together and, and the way that they spoke, presentation, everything was phenomenal. Um, but I could definitely see a little bit of a difference when we got on to the next one from Amsterdam to Pisa, that trans...
0: Transavia. Transavia. A little more like spirit-esque. <laughs> Maybe not as spirity. But... So for
1: all of you who fly domestic and know the, um, the nightmare that it is to fly spirit airlines, which has been commonly referred to as the greyhound of the air. Or the tilapia of the air.
0: <laughs> My sister calls it.
1: Either way, they're both fitting, right? Like spirit sucks. Yeah. So and they're just looking to burn you at every turn like it's going to be something or another. So it wasn't that bad, but we did get on. And when we got to Pisa, right, like we pull up the airports like two terminals, departures and arrivals. And the planes just pull up and drop you off anywhere like out on the tarmac.
0: I forgot they do that in Europe. And I forgot to remind you of that, but yeah, you don't, you just like get off on the tarmac and you take a little shuttle and you go right into baggage claim. What happened there?
1: Baggage claim. Baggage claim was not like the baggage claim that we know because like as we were driving in the shuttle over, like the bags were right next to us. The guys were just like cruising over with a truck load of bags. And when we got over there, I realized I was like, man, that doesn't look like very many. And most of the people that got off the plane with us, like they didn't stop at the carousel. They just kept cruising. Smart people. And like, <laughs> they knew. They knew something that we did not, right? Um, that in Europe, I guess, they're in no hurry to actually get you your bags. Like if they make it to you, that's nice, but it's not a priority. So when the bags came out, that carousel spun like two times and was done, and us and like 10 other people are standing there going, where's what the,
0: about the guy with the wheelchair?
1: Oh, God. There was a guy who seriously like needed a wheelchair, not one of those people who was like, oh, I, I need a chair or someone to push me around. Like, no, the guy was confined to a wheelchair. And like, that's his means of getting around. And they didn't pack it.
0: They lost it.
1: Yeah. So they were definitely giving him a whole lot more of attention. Uh, but I figured, hey, maybe we would benefit from that. So everybody goes in, they're filling out their paperwork. And we did. And I don't know where you came up with this with the air tags, but thank God we took the trip to, to the Apple store, plugged to Apple. We have all things Apple, like, love it. And this is another benefit. Um, we tagged all of our bags, got air tags, threw them in there.
0: We even got one for CJ.
1: We did to tag him too, like right. Got to keep track, and so we knew where our bags were. So when I went in there to fill out the paperwork, you had your hands full with CJ because by this point he was was, he was was melting. Yeah, he had had enough. So our bags aren't there. We're in line with all these people. They're talking about, oh, this happens all the time, and I'm like,
0: this one girl next to me was like, oh, every time I fly here, this happens. You'll get them by the next day, and we so important. We had three bags that we checked. We got one of them. The one we flew to Italy because it was my sister's wedding. So we checked a bag with all of our clothes, my makeup, everything, our toiletries, everything for the wedding. That's lost. And all of Adam's and CJ's, not only their clothes, their <laughs> shoes for the wedding, all your toiletries, the stuff for your contacts, his diapers, you name it. Like everything. CJ's
1: diapers, just to be clear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's all gone. My,
1: con- my contacts, his diapers. Yes. So yes, all that was missing, and uh, but I was pretty confident, probably uh, maybe too, too confident, as I went, you know, up to sit with the other people who are filling out this paperwork, and I'm like, hey, I know where our bags are." And they're like, "Yeah, sure, your bags are missing." I'm like, "No, no, I know where they are. They're back in Amsterdam. They're like, sure. I was like, no, I can show you on my phone. We we have tags. And they go, oh, yes, yes, yes. People come in here all the time and they tell us they know where they are. I'm like, no, I don't think you're hearing me.
0: But when they did finally hear you, everybody you told got pissed. Everybody who worked for the airlines got they pissed did. when you said, like, it's right here.
1: <laughs> they, were, they were mad that I knew where our stuff was. So anyways, we fill out the paperwork. We leave it. And it's like, okay, Hey, figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, we can't dwell on it. We're here. We got one bag. We still got our carry-ons. And hey, we're in Italy, right?
0: Well, I did have to check myself, though, because we leave the airport. Again, it's late. We didn't sleep all that well. We didn't eat. Now, like, the stuff for the wedding's missing. And... I walk out into this beautiful country. I mean, it was gorgeous. The weather was perfect. There's all these people sitting at a cafe. It's beautiful. And I kind of had to have like a literal talk with myself for a minute because I walk out and I'm just like being a miserable bitch. And I was like, all right, you're in Italy. Like, relax. It's okay. It's just stuff. Like, soak this in. And then because I was texting my sister about it and I'm like, well, at least my eyebrows look good because I got my eyebrows laminated before I left. She's like, wow, you're handling this like a champ. And I'm like, well, because I kind of had to just take a step back and realize like we'll get through it
1: you know pointing that out I do remember vividly walking out the door and there's people literally right outside the door again this is a small airport there's people right outside the door sitting in the grass like eating a sandwich sipping espresso and I'm like what the hell like who does this at the airport and that should have been you know, it sent a very clear message like, hey, things are a little bit different here. Things are a little bit slower. Um, But we were still like kind of on a mission. At least I was. I was on that mission. I'm like, OK, we got to. OK, what's next on the list? Let's go get the rental car. Because despite everyone telling us don't rent a car like they drive crazy in Europe, I'm like, I, li- I like to drive a little crazy i
0: was scared though because it's not the driving crazy that scares me we're from jersey we can handle it Mm -hmm. it's like they i was always told you wind up the side of a mountain with no guardrails and like you're looking over to basically your death and we did and we did and but that's why i was afraid yeah i was one of the people i was like do we really need to rent a car (laughs) (laughs) just take the euro rail i'm glad we did right okay so what happened with the rental car
1: so with the rental car like that turned into a whole nother situation very quickly because i did all this online been traveling a little bit more so hey avis right hook it up right through avis i'm like they're gonna take good care of us and i'm thinking we're in europe so we get something that fits europe you know one of those type cars uh but honestly like on the plane i was already thinking i'm like damn we're not going to fit these three big-ass suitcases that we have in this little car. I was like, we're going to need to upgrade. We need something bigger. So I was already second-guessing it. We get there and- this, Have one
0: bag. Jokes on we us. have one
1: bag. But I still ask the woman. I was like, hey, I think I made a mistake. I don't, I don't want the mini. I was like, can you give us something a little bigger? She's like, oh, absolutely. I have you. We're going to upgrade you. I was like, cool. She's like, how about a Jeep? Like a a, a full size jeep, right? I'm like, yeah, cool. And she tells me, oh, it's manual, it's diesel, and I don't think anything of it. I'm like, manual and diesel, hmm, interesting. Come to find out, like half the cars over in Europe are diesel. Every all all of them are on diesel. So I didn't think that that was a big deal. But we get over there to the lot, and man, they gave us a fugazi. Like it was, it was no good, and. So again,
0: engine lights coming on. It's not going in reverse. You can't get it. It was starting to get
1: frustrated. And I was like, you know what? Same thing. Take a breath. Not that serious. She already hooked me up once. I'm gonna go back and ask again. So I hiked it back up to uh, to the woman who was at the desk and she had me waiting there for a minute the first time and was very apologetic. So I go back and I'm like, listen. First first and foremost, check engine lights on. Second thing is, I don't know if somebody burned out the transmission, but I can't get it into reverse. And believe me, I drive stick. Like So I don't know what the problem is here. I was like, and third, I'm just not feeling that. Can, can you switch us out? I said, I saw a nicer Cherokee right behind us. Uh, I was like, how about that? And she's like, I got you. Wow. She was like, just sit tight. And she, like, it takes like 10, 15 minutes. We don't exchange a word. And I'm just there quietly. Because she didn't, actually, she didn't say that right away. She was just like, give me a minute. And she's going, going. and, And I don't say anything. I'm just like, be patient. Let her do her thing. And she said, I've got you. She goes, I have a special one for you. She goes, there's one. You might have seen it out there. She goes, I'm going to give you this one. She goes, it's in great condition. You're going to love this. She goes, I'm giving this to you because you've been so great in in this experience. Um, You haven't complained once. She goes, I've got you. And And she
0: hooked it up, not knowing because we off-roaded to get to the wedding. We'll get there.
1: Like, yeah, we got a, a Jeep Cherokee Trail Trailhawk edition. And when we get there, I mean, it's beautiful inside, but I'm like, why do we need a trailhawk, right? Like this is built for off-road, on-road. Oh, thank God we got it because we ended up like part of this trip took us up into the mountains.
0: Like uh, dirt road mountains winding up. It's scary.
1: Yeah, like like what Off-roading. you would see in like Jeep Trail Edition. Like you've seen it on commercials. Exactly. Was it, it was the commercial up and down this mountain, and I wound up being a shuttle for a good part of the trip in the trailhawk. Bring in bridesmaids or, or other sisters, and, sisters and, and wedding party members up and down.
0: Back and forth between the villas where the wedding was and the people were staying. Yeah. So we get the rental car. We get yep. everything in it. Then we have an issue with the car seat. It's not that big of a deal, but we're like hangry and tired and frustrated at this point. Plus, you have to remember, I speak very, very, very little Italian. Very little. Like I'm not even conversational. You don't speak a word of Italian. Zero. So you're trying to communicate with people. And I have to say, I feel like we are at much of a disadvantage because everybody or almost everybody we ran into, besides for the people that were like elderly in the villages that like ran the um, the laundromats, but everybody else pretty much was conversational with English. Thank God. Yeah. But anyway, so it's hard to communicate with people. We take off, we're heading to our verbo that we had rented and- We made the mistake of playing Apple versus Google, and we chose the wrong one. So it's taking us unknowingly to the wrong address. But in the meantime, we hit a toll booth. Mm. We don't speak Italian. So I'm trying to – and it's like spitting out all this stuff in Italian, and it's showing up on the screen. And like, I took three years of Italian in high school. So that was a couple years ago. (laughs) So – Trying to read the screen. We're, we're literally stuck. There was like one of those arms that goes up and down when you pay the toll. We're stuck.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's we not were, reading the credit card. Like, we were hit. And it's dark out. You're screaming
0: at the <laughs> attendant because you could press the button. You're screaming like, English! Somehow you figured it out. I have no idea how. But like 20 minutes in this toll booth situation later, we get through it. So now we're like hangrier. It's dark. It's late. And we're doing like the windy roads in this little city, beautiful city now that we saw it, but like called Sicina. Mm-hmm. And it was like a little scary. So we pull up to what we thought was our Verbo.
1: Little little sketchy. Yep.
0: And it's somebody's home that
1: See, here's here's the thing. Here's what's different out there, right? There are a lot of I'm gonna call them estates. Yeah. That are like you're out in the Italian countryside. And there are these villas and and separate houses with them that are part of a restaurant or a resort. And it's like it's the family home that doubles as a as a restaurant or doubles as a verbo or a or a chateau hotel. Right. Um, And these things are all over the place. And we just happen to pull up at one and I look and I'm like because I can see the pool. I'm like, this looks kind of like the pictures. And it's
0: where the GPS was telling us where we were supposed to be staying, but we weren't. Yeah. But this is, mind you, so we pull into somebody's driveway across town. We realize we're wrong. Like, we got to get out of here, or someone's going to shoot us. We yeah. drive. Remember, we kept kind of going in circles. That. So yep. now this is another like 40 minutes down the road. It's saying where we're, we're supposed to be, and you're like, fuck this. I'm just going to go inside and talk to these people.
1: Yeah. At, at that point, it was... Yeah, just out of necessity. I'm like, just hang tight in the car. Let me go scope this out. There's lights on. So I go down there and I find these people like basically in the back of the restaurant. It's empty, like an outdoor cafe, not cafe, dinner, right? And it's it's above a pool. I mean, it's a beautiful setting. It's not that late at night, but it's still, it's like, you know, man, where is everybody? And I get people to come out of the back and- And I'm trying to talk to them and show them the address. And I'm like, listen, we're hungry. Like, are you guys still open? Will you serve us? And we ultimately ended up having dinner there and they were, man, they were great. Um, They looked up the address. They're like, listen, from what you're showing us, it should be the next place down the road here. And so when you take this curve and, you know, when you get to the curve, it'll be right there. Now, everywhere has gates right, to get in and out. Again, we don't speak the language. I don't have a gate code to get us in or out. The owner of this Verbo was supposed to meet us like hours ago.
0: Yeah, because we got lost, the rental car thing, the suitcase, so. We get
1: lost and all this is coming via email. We're not getting emails because we don't have internet service out there. So that was another like factor. Like very quickly you realize like going off the grid, like when you don't have cell service and you've become pretty reliant on that for your for your maps to pick up the phone and call somebody, like yeah, it was that was an eye opening experience. So fortunately, we were able to to finally connect. The owner came out, opened the gate, we get the keys, we get in, and it seems like a great place. Um, but we were just spent at that point.
0: I think I hopped in the shower and you went to go plug in you wanted to charge our electronics
1: yeah because everything's dying at this point yeah so i thought i was being slick because i do what i always do when i travel i pack a power strip
0: and we needed the converter
1: yeah i I pack a power strip and all of our chargers right i carry all of this with me because we have multiple laptops and and ipads and and watches and phones And, you know, even if you're in a hotel that has multiple ones, like it's never enough plugs. So I bring, bring the big power strip, right? Like,
0: which is really smart.
1: I'm going to make sure that we have enough. Well, I thought I was being slick. So I bring the converter that we bought on Amazon. I plug that in. I'm like, well, let me plug the power strip in. As soon as I did, like blue, blue sparks flew out of the outlet. and immediately lights go out and i'm like oh
0: it was just like one thing after another that day that was Uh, my fault too because i got the wrong converter slash adapter what yeah i don't think it was strong enough i think like that's the one we can't run the blow dryer on it was my fault
1: but Uh, it worked great no don't even it worked great for the rest of the trip blew
0: the fuse
1: yeah that one time when i stopped trying to plug the the that power strip in, it worked great.
0: For chargers, can, but can I never- Can you
1: imagine? It still worked after we did yeah, all that? Yeah, true.
0: But I never put in there, a blow dryer. I didn't put in the steamer. uh,
1: whatever. It worked good.
0: So, okay. So we blow the fuse. It was just like one thing after another that day. My sister's we, we like- We
1: blew the fuse and it was like, let's just go to bed.
0: Yeah, at that point, we're <laughs> done. We're going to start again tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we were exhausted. So, I mean, we tell you all of that because- There was a lot of challenges that we faced that first day. And I wanna say repeatedly throughout that, like both of us, I think coming back to, you know what, like what's most important here? Like the three of us are here, we're together. We're in a foreign country, we're in a foreign land, right? But the three of us are together and that's all that really matters. And I know every time that I came back to that and reminded myself, I'm like, Listen, in the whole scheme of things, everything that we've been through, like these are all minor, minor challenges. And each time, like how we dealt with people, we were rewarded throughout this trip, Yeah, right? With each of these challenges and each of these experiences, the way that we responded not only allowed us to maintain a certain level of dignity within it, but it also inspired the people who were in a position to help us to do everything that they could for us.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Repeatedly they did it with our bags, they did it with the car, they did it with making sure that we had everything with our Verbo, getting set up with that. I mean, it was it was great all the way around.
0: I agree. And I think it does stem back to, like you said, everything that we've been through, those things were nothing. And I think we kind of lean on that very often when we're in tough positions. But also something that stood out to me, and I started to tell you this story in Italy, and I never got to actually tell it to you, because CJ was having a meltdown in the backseat. So it wasn't meant to be told then, but I'm going to tell you now. Back, I think it was 2019, I was creating YouTube videos when you were inside to help support family members of the incarcerated. And at that point, I had a lot of people reach out to me, asking me about, I don't know why, but like a lot of people were wanting to get into relationships with lifers. And or like, should I stay with him? What should I do? This and that. And I wound up making a video. And it was one of the first videos where I was just like gloves off, real and raw, because although I always was very honest about everything, I also tried to tell everything through, like, rose-colored glasses, silver linings, because I never wanted to come across, like, I was complaining, this is my choice, and I'm going to do this because I choose to do it. But I was like, listen, you guys, my sister is in Italy right now. I don't know if I'll ever get there, because at this point, you were still serving a life sentence, and we had no means, there was very little at that point, because clemency, that door was shut, the first step act hadn't come into play yet, and so I was like, you know, All of my vacation days, I use to go visit Adam. Anytime I go away aside from visit, it's to go advocate like at the White House for you to go see you speak when I went to Tennessee with your mom, when I went to Pittsburgh with your mom. And so I didn't really take vacations, despite, you know, in the moment, silver lining, I would look at them, these are my vacations. But it's all wrapped around that all of my extra money would go to visits, or to something to our relationship. And I said in that video, very, you know, very just cutthroat, real and raw, I was like, I, that's a dream of mine to go to Italy. I might never go there one day. And I have to ask myself every single time, every single morning when I wake up, am I okay with that? And not just the Italy thing, but am I okay with... um, Children. Yeah, not having babies. That's something I always wanted. Not having a partner here with me, not just to not go to Italy, but to every day with or to do vacations with Mm -hmm. and it was one of my most popular videos and to this day people have commended me about it because I was like you know words like forever and eternity and infinity right now when you're like new and fresh in a relationship I'll do this forever but 11 years down the road it's almost like there are times where you feel like is it too far gone you know could I actually do this forever difference between 29 30 whatever i was when we started and 41 or whatever it was when this was happening you know big difference so i say that to say now when i'm in italy i'm thinking back at this and i was like oh like we made it
1: Mm. Mm. you know when it really occurred to me sitting on the beach like that was um i mean we spent a couple days at the beach And for me, that's always, like, uh, just very grounding. And it's why I often talked about while I was still inside, you know, that was one of my goals. Man, I can't wait to get back in the water. And it wasn't just the water, although, listen, when you're in prison, like, if you can get a five-minute shower, like, that's a luxury. Anything, you know, beyond five minutes, like, that's just how it is. Um, So to actually be submerged in a body of water It's crazy as that sounds like to jump in a pool was a big deal and when I first did that when I got out, I was like ah oh, this is great it's amazing but I knew that there was more like I really wanted to be back in the ocean and we had an opportunity when we first came out here to the west coast took a trip to LA um, you know and on that trip I got a chance to jump in the ocean briefly.
0: It was very late fall. I think it was mid November. It was at that point. It was cold. It
1: was it was just it wasn't a great it was the accomplishment, but I didn't get to enjoy it. Yeah. This was the first time since I've been out where I really, really got to enjoy it. Like I just went out in the ocean. And just like kick back, I, I swam out a ways, I'd stop, I'd float, and I'd just look around, and I'm out in the ocean, and I was out quite a ways. I know. And I'd turn around, and I'd look in, and I'm just like checking out the coastline, and I'm like, oh my god. I was like, isn't this amazing? We're in Italy. I'm in the Mediterranean. I'm like, life is good.
0: Oh, my God. And those views were beautiful. Yes.
1: It was so incredible and so therapeutic just to be out there, just to just to float in the water. Like, that was a real, was one of those elements of freedom that if if I were to point to one thing like that, that was a significant, a most significant moment for me. So
0: Yeah, and we actually spent the last day. like We went back to the beach, even though we weren't going to, but we just planned like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to spend the day on the beach, and then we'll shower there, and we'll go to the airport, and we'll do it because you wanted another day on the beach. And we promised each other that all holidays from now on, like we don't have to do cold for Christmas. We used to be those people, or I used to be one of those people, I was like, if there's no snow, then it's not Christmas. Forget that. <laughs> Forget that. We're going to the beach for Christmas because you want to spend more holidays on the beach. And I'm totally down.
1: A hundred percent. So, and we've already told our families like, hey, we love you guys. Um, we suffered through the last couple of holidays being cold. We would very much love for you to come join us someplace warm. If not, we'll see you in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we'll see you in the summer. So, yeah. So that's the goal. Um, and... Definitely, that last day was amazing, right? But real
0: quick, yes. because we forgot to tell the part about getting our luggage back.
1: Uh, okay, we got how much luggage? Because we didn't get it all back.
0: No, but we did get the stuff for the wedding back the day of the wedding.
1: The day of the wedding. And that's what I was referring to as far as, um, you know, we went back to the airport to get some face time with those people who are actually handling... You know, our lost luggage. And I'm no doubt that it was the conversation that we had and it was you.
0: Well, I'll tell. Go ahead. You tell it. So we go there. And again, there was a language barrier a little bit. And they send us over to the side where we had to use this little intercom thing. And the lady's like, yeah, I'll be right down. 30 minutes later, she finally comes down only because somebody else came along and pressed the button. (laughs) And she's like, all right, I'll be right there. So she speaks to that lady first. It was fine. We're, weren't mad about it. But then Adam's kind of in like pissed off mode. I need to get my luggage mode. I mean, we're in the same context. Haven't taken them out of my eyes for now four days mode. He was, you were kind of pushing. And she didn't want to hear. She also didn't want to hear like, I know where my bags are. They're right here. And she was like, no. You're like, no, no, no. Like literally look at my phone. So he's pushing hard. She's pushing back. I'm like, we're not getting these bags. I have to cry. So <laughs> I was like. Because you know what it is? I think, like you said, in Europe, there are- people,
1: people need to feel it.
0: Well, not just that, but like they're so laid back. Everyone's like, just go get more clothes. Just go get another dress for the wedding. It's no big deal. The airline will reimburse you. Just, just do it. So I'm like, listen, I was like, I understand. Now, I did not specify if it was our wedding or somebody else's wedding <laughs> on purpose. But I'm like, listen, I was like, you know, I understand what you're saying. But I want to wear the dress. Like I know I could buy a dress, but I want to wear the dress that I want to wear. And I started out like I gotta cry, I gotta cry. I started a fake cry, and then I'm like, "Ah!" like I actually started. And it was
1: real. uh, I was about ready to cry because
0: I was just so spent at that point and frustrated, and I really wanted to wear the dress that I got for the wedding. So she like melted. She was like, I understand, I get it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We're frustrated, but please. And you know what really bothered me too? Like this is such a girl thing, Lana. All of my freaking makeup was in that bag. And I can't just go replace all of my makeup brushes that I've had for 15 years. You can't even replace those or all of my makeup in one day. It's not going to happen. So that's the other thing.
1: Well, here's the crazy part. Because remember, we have two bags that are missing. We've stated our case. We didn't tell her which bag the wedding stuff was in. But here's the thing. Again, me. Being a little overly confident and, yes, arrogant about saying, my bags are right here. I can see them. I get excited when I'm checking the air tags and I see both bags move.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: yes. I'm like, we're getting our bags. And then we get a call. We get a notice. Hey, your bag is here. Come pick it up. I'm like, bags? Plural? No, no. One bag. I'm like, one bag? what the hell? I look back at the app because I hadn't checked it. The other bag is back in Amsterdam, back in the same place that it was before, the basement where they had put it. I'm like, what the hell? Well, let's go see what bag we got. You know, luck of the draw. We got a 50-50 shot to get the one that we really need for the wedding. And me, honestly, at this point, like, I was to the point where I'm like, I'm cool. I'm just going to tough it out. Like, I have endured far worse through my prison travels from facility to facility, holding tank to holding tank. I'm like, it's not a big deal. I was a little worried about the contacts. Um, You know, I've never slept with the same pair for that many days. But I was like, everything else is cool. You know, just figuring out how to make it work with minimal clothes because we didn't. You think you're in Europe, like it's easy to go shopping and there's all these great stores. It wasn't really like that. Um,
0: One. And two, there's a very short window of when the, th- the stores are open because everything shuts down.
1: I don't know how they stay in business. They're open like a couple hours every day. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And they're like, oh, well, come back tomorrow. And you're like, what? No. So anyways, so we go to the airport. We get our bag. Thank God. Thank God. It's the bag with all the wedding stuff. So I was excited about that. So we had everything that we needed to make sure that that big moment was was how you had pictured it, how we had pictured it, right? Yeah. So that was a great experience. The wedding was, honestly, it was storybook.
0: They did not miss a beat. It was beyond my wildest dreams. It was beautiful. It was so nice to be with my family. We danced our butts off the food not just at the wedding but in italy we heard all about it like oh my god you guys if you're thinking about going there you must go just to taste the food it is to die for listen like there's things on my list that we're gonna (laughs) i'm importing from now on because
1: yeah every day was coffee and food and here's a crazy thing like if you like coffee listen like you go to the gas station and there is
0: espresso it, there
1: is an espresso bar yeah and it's like no here is your cup sit down have your espresso don't worry about your gas your car will be there have your espresso it's wild
0: every it's, th- there were coffee tobacco and alcohol bars like that's what you yeah. could get in these stores
1: yeah all of them i mean it's not so and it was it speaks to a different speed of life yeah um there were aspects of that where i'm like you know, I'm still, I am very driven. And I think why as the United States, why we are further ahead of other countries is because we do prioritize different things. Like I'll use the analogy. I'm not a fan of Starbucks, but I love the fact that I can pull up to a Starbucks and have a coffee like almost instantaneously. And I have Wi-Fi at the same time for no cost being in Europe made me appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And I can say, I think the first or second day we kind of were disagreeing on that. Cause I was getting, I was like romanticizing the whole thing. Like everyone's so carefree, even just like the way that they dress there was beautiful compared to, you know, like I'm sitting here in leggings and sneakers. I didn't see that once when we were there.
1: Oh no. Wow.
0: Everyone was wearing, you know, like flowy linen. It, yeah. it was beautiful. Right. So I'm like, Everybody's on the street, people are biking, walking. It's just a very carefree, relaxed way of life. When it dawned on me that you know things are very, very different, when we went to the airport that second time when I fake cried and then real cried, there was a military plane that flew out from the airport. Mm, yep. And then there was a second one, and yep. they were circling. And I was like, are those military planes? And you were like, yeah. And then it kind of dawned on me, like if I was, first of all, I don't know the language here, But second of all, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but this is where my mind went. Like if there was a place where I felt like I needed to be protected by a military, it would be here. First of all, knowing the language. But second of all, like you said, we're light years ahead.
1: As far as the technology, the access, the accessibility to everything, so many things that we take for granted, it it really gave me a different appreciation I also appreciated the fact that we didn't have the same level of access because it forced us to disconnect a little. A hundred percent. I just wouldn't want to live like that all the time.
0: Right. Yeah. There was something to be said and we talked about this then, like to not know the language and to just have to just sit there with each other, with yourself. You can't like ear hustle (laughs) people's conversations. It's just a very, I don't know. I don't want to say zen, but it just, it's a very relaxed.
1: TV was never on. Nope. There was no TV.
0: There um, was TV. We just never put it on. Yeah, never put it on. Except when I came out of the shower and found you and CJ watching a fashion show, and I was like, oh, is this real life? Oh, yeah. I love this. <laughs> you were watching Milan Fashion Week.
1: Yeah, that was YouTube. That was the first thing that came up on YouTube, and I can't remember what we came on to look for.
0: It was the Burberry show. I was obsessed with you. Yeah, it was crazy. I loved it.
1: So I was. I was I admittedly somewhat fascinated by it. So It
0: just so happened to be Milan Fashion Week while yeah. we were there.
1: So fast forward we spend that last day on the beach and this is where things again at, at this point we've had a great last day um now I'm looking at the trip itinerary and I'm looking at the flights home <laughs> honestly I hadn't really looked at it booked all all of this through American Express right And I thought, I'm like, hey, this is cool. I was like, American Express, and they'll take care of it. I've always heard good things about their travel packages. Front end was good, like the way that it was planned. But I'm looking at the back end going, what the hell happened here? I was like, so we have a late night flight going from, which ideally that's the way that we left so that we flew overnight for the 10 hours. Difference being, we left Pisa at 10 p.m., which gave us that whole day to enjoy the beach and do everything else. It was great. But we get to the airport and so we go through customs. That was all easy. It's a small airport. We take that quick flight over to Amsterdam at from it's a 10 PM flight. And at this point we're kind of worried about our bags, right?
0: Well, you but, are on a mission. You're like, I'm not leaving that airport. I was like without my bag
1: well we had an eight hour layover like I
0: got eight hours in this airport I'm getting my damn bag
1: but it's eight hours in the middle of the night it's, with a toddler uh, with a toddler
0: I'm saying that because like we they're everywhere there's people laid out sleeping at the airport that's cool yeah. you could like hug your bag you're fine you can't sleep in an airport with a toddler no. oh and by the way they lost our stroller
1: oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that stroller disappeared.
0: Which so. is fine. We bought the stroller for the trip. We hated the stroller. It was like a forty dollars stroller. No big deal. But we gate checked it in Pisa. We get off and in Amsterdam, and this girl's like, "Oh no, it's at your final destination." We're like, "There's no way the stroller made it to Vegas. No, no, it's not there." No big deal. Hated the stroller, but the point is, we couldn't just put him in the stroller. And I'm not sleeping in an airport with yeah. a toddler who could either walk off or get taken. No thanks.
1: Yeah. So eight hours in Amsterdam. Uh, like you said, I'm on a mission. And I go up to security guards. I'm like, "Hey, here's my bags again, (laughs) with my iPhone. Showing them. Here's my Air Tags. Explain the whole situation. My bag's been sitting here. They said it's in the basement. Who can get me in the basement? Who can go get my bag? I just need it on my flight. I just want to take it home with me. My trip is over. I just want my stuff back. Um, because I got a bunch of stuff in there. Similarly, that I." it's just wouldn't be easy to replace some of those things. So, uh, and I'm definitely not counting on the airline to replace it. So we spend literally eight hours spinning around this airport. We talk to KLM people. We talk to Transavia people. We talk to security. We ultimately have to go out of the international wing, go out into the airport and then, after we talk to these people, finally, we have to check back in through the airport, right? To get to finally get to our gate to where we're, you know, eight hours later, getting on this, then 10 hour flight, nine hour flight to Atlanta. It wasn't even a direct flight back to Vegas. So we come into Atlanta, but I'm arguing with the guy at the gate, telling him this is my last ditch effort. I'm like- You
0: had easily had spoken to 15 people at this point.
1: Easy. I'm like, again, I made a commitment. I'm like, I'm not leaving Amsterdam if I don't have my bag. We
0: even peeked. Somebody was, remember, they were like behind door 15 or whatever it was. Yeah. We literally found door 15 and we're door peeking 16. in. Door 16. Door 16. We're peeking in.
1: Yeah. Try Trying we to tried get- We Trying to get this bag.
0: But back to that guy, sorry. It
1: just didn't happen. The guy at the gate, what a dick.
0: He was a dick. Even boarding, he was a dick.
1: Yeah, he didn't want to let us go. He's like, no, yeah, we're not concerned about children. Because generally, like, uh, they, you know, anyone who has small children, any sort, uh, you need extra time, they let you go first. He was like, no, not today.
0: Board with the number on your boarding pass.
1: Okay. (laughs) Uh, So by this point, I'm like, okay, we just need to get on this flight. We get on the flight. We get everything worked out fine. We're flying. It's good. It was a good flight. It was a good 10 hours.
0: Wait, but is that when we went through customs? In, remember, we went through customs in Amsterdam and the guy looked at you funny? Because that's kind of he important. Did. He that did. was before this flight, part. right?
1: So, remember, I said that we left the international wing. Yeah with, under the condition, they're like, oh yeah, you guys have temporary visas here. Like, you're good, you can come and go. I'm like, are you sure about that? Like, that doesn't sound straight to me, but I'm like, we're fine in this bag. So now we gotta come back in and they're looking at our passports and they take a look and this guy paused on mine. And I'm like, and and I'm usually pr- pretty keen on, on those interactions where I sense when something's off.
0: I saw, he like crazy eyed you.
1: But my
0: thought, I'm like, it's this young kid. Like, he thinks he's like badass, custom cop. Like, he's trying to intimidate. Did you bring liquid? You know, like something like that. That's how I read it, but I read it wrong.
1: Yeah. So, didn't, you know, didn't sit well, but whatever. We just had to keep moving. Yeah. We got through, got on our plane. We take that 10 hour trip. We touch down in Atlanta and we're like, ah, we're back in the USA. And there was a part of me that was like, Man, I was happy to be back on home well, it's soil. Well, just where
0: people, you don't have to be like, do you speak English? It's just people know right? the language. The bathrooms are normal. Not not that they're <laughs> abnormal. They're just very, very different <laughs> in Europe.
1: They are. Bathrooms are different in Europe. Um, so anyways, yeah, we, we touched down, and we're in no hurry to get off the plane because we had a couple hours. Yeah. Um, again, thinking that we got some time, we're not going to hurry. We got CJ. We're in the back of the plane. Let's just let everybody get off. So everybody gets off. So we're at the back. We're taking our time. We get out of there and we know that we've already been told we got to go through customs. So when we come down and we get to customs, well, first of all, the international wing was like a ghost town. Yeah. It's Saturday afternoon. There's just hardly anybody there. I'm like, okay, this is weird, but it's, it
0: felt like the middle of the night. That's how it did. Dead, it wasn't there, yeah. But it
1: was nice. Yeah, it was. It was so nice. We could we could move pretty
0: freely. We went right through the customs line.
1: Well, we get down to customs. This is what struck me. You know, like when you pull up to TSA normally and you're you're hopping on the plane, and there's those lines that zigzag back and forth like for a mile. You have to just walk back and forth. And even if there's only a couple people up there, you still got to walk the whole line. Well, we pull up and it's a whole room that is mapped out with zigzags back and forth. Thank God there's a woman standing there and she looks at us. She's like, oh, she's like, American? I'm like, yeah. I'm, she's like, well, welcome home. She's like, yeah, you can go straight over there and go right up to the front. She's like, there's only a few people today. You guys are in luck. And literally it was only our plane. They were the only ones coming through. So we're like, cool. So we get to the back of the line. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is going to be nice and easy. Just imagine if we would have had to stand in those lines. So I'm thinking this is a win. I don't think anything at this point, because I'm feeling confident, like we're on home soil, like we're home, until we get up there. And I give them the passports. Christian, Roseanne. He looks at me and he looks at it again and i'm like something's not right here
0: he put it in a little plastic folder thing Ah. and he's like you got to come with me i still wasn't freaking out yet though because there was a sign on the wall that said like you might just get extra questionings i thought you were just like you know when i used to come visit you and i'd always be the random person that got drug tested i thought it was just like you were the random person that got pulled from the line i I wasn't thinking anything yet you just knew okay go ahead
1: i knew right away I knew right away, and honestly, my heart dropped down in my stomach, and I'm like, oh, shit.
0: My heart dropped because you stopped. You, Your face was white. You were all serious, and you handed me my passport, CJ's passport, my boarding pass, CJ's boarding pass. And you know what I felt like? Mm. It took me back to the episode where we talked about where you had the parole violation, and you said to the girl you were with, Like, if I don't come out...
1: It was exactly that. It's like, for me, it's like going into that mode. It's like, I know what's about to happen. Yeah.
0: I thought you were leaving cuffs. And you said to me, you go, this isn't right. I I think everything's going to be okay. Because I know when you go into, like, I have to make sure that she thinks everything's going to be okay. But (laughs) I know something's wrong. That's the tone you had. And I remember, like, for a split second, I was like, I'm going to freak out. Like, I'm going to start sobbing. But I had to tell myself... Just like back in Italy when I had to have that talk with myself, I was like, I have to be a mom right now. I can't freak out. I just have to figure out how Mm. I'm going to get all this shit because we had three huge carry-ons, two huge check bags, and then did we have anything else? I, well, I don't know. I didn't know where the car keys were. I didn't know where yeah. the house keys were. I didn't even know where the car was parked at this point. Like, I just remember thinking, I, you just have to keep it together. You just have to get the baby and all the stuff home. I knew you wouldn't be there for a long time, but I pretty sh- I was pretty sure you were going to jail that day.
1: I thought I was going to end up in a holding cell for sure. Yeah. And that's why I gave you that stuff as, as yeah. precaution. And and, then- I, and I felt completely confident. And your ability to take CJ Absolutely.
0: I knew to I grab could grab everything do it. else. Yep. But on the other hand, like, you know, when you just well, probably not for a man, but like I just wanted to just like go in the corner and sob for a minute and then pick myself up and keep, you know, and then just get home. I've flown alone for how many years? Like I knew I'd be fine. But Which, it was just the thought of the whole thing and then leaving you in Atlanta in a jail cell. Like that takes us back three years, you know? And I, do I leave Atlanta? Do I stay? Like, what do I do?
1: I, You know what point? I felt? Guilty. Aww. Immediately guilty. I'm like, oh, my God. Here she is again. Subjected to another one of these crazy circumstances, uncertainty, all this BS. Not nothing of her doing, right? Like, this is my baggage. That's what I felt like. That's now affecting our family. And he's got to suffer as a result because I know that, you know, it's going to be tough on you and you're going to figure it out, but damn.
0: Well, he would have known no differently, right? He doesn't even have memories at this age, but here's the thing though. Let's turn this positive because in that moment there was a customs cop that came in. And from my experience in the past, like normally people in those positions, not normally, but from my experience, have been like abusive power. I'm going to be an asshole. I'm going to come down hard on you. And he was so nice. He was so overly polite. Now, I'm sitting like maybe 10 feet from you. You're at the counter. I'm sitting with CJ and all the stuff. And he struck up a conversation. He didn't but say the, what you were-
1: the, there, there were some things that kind of set
0: the stage there. Okay, wait. You please come back to that because yeah. I missed all that. Yeah. But all I heard was- Now, remember, I'm I'm not too close, but I'm not too far away. I'm close enough that I could hear- part of what he's saying and I heard him like strike up a conversation and then I heard him it seemed to me like he kept it very low like he wasn't do you know you're on paper he said something along the lines of like are you on federal parole or federal probation whatever he said and then you continued that conversation but then I remember I was like oh my god my stomach went into knots because I thought you were just getting questioned at that point still like in the back of my mind i'm like is he just going to get questioned like maybe we're overreacting but what were what did you notice i'm so curious
1: when i gave you that stuff there was already a chain of uh i had already jumped ahead a couple steps when he asked for that and we've talked about this afterwards like ultimately you came to the same suspicion i immediately thought somebody did something to intentionally get oh, me yeah. flagged coming into the country. I am going to be detained.
0: Okay, wait, let me, can I explain? Yeah, go ahead. So the first time we had posted on social media from Italy was the night before we had left for this experience. And we posted this gorgeous picture. My sister did a final goodbye dinner the night after the wedding. And it was at this um, restaurant bar that was overlooking the mountains. And it was the most Breathtaking sunset. Mm. So we posted the picture because she took a picture of Adam and I standing in front of the sunset, and we said something about like um you know our storybook ending is still being written, something like that. And I hashtagged Volterra, Italy, like all kinds of Italy hashtags. And in that moment, you're right. When we realized that this was further than just being questioned, like you got pulled off the line, I was like, we should never posted that picture on social media because the haters did something.
1: Yeah. You thought and, the same and thing. And just so as people don't think this isn't like conspiracy theory, like we've had people tell us overtly. Oh, like, yeah. Like, watch your back, <laughs> like that they are actively yeah. working against us trying to, to sabotage the the life that we're living, the life that we're loving. So when things are going really good and something like this happens, like it's again that's where my mind jumped to cuz there's no reason but here's the other side of this that positive side that i knew in that moment like cuz we have lived a certain way for so long which goes back to on the inside there were you know certain things that i have always stayed away from in order to protect us i also knew that like even if i'm going to be detained here there's nothing that's going to stick we haven't done anything.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I agree with that 100%. I didn't think that you'd like be shipped off to federal prison for it. But at the same time, it's the inconvenience. And you always say this. Like the last time we thought this was going to happen, they're not quick to do anything for nope. the person on the inside or their family. So I knew it wouldn't – It in the end, it would work out and you would be home. But who knows how long they would drag their feet for?
1: Yeah. I, di- I didn't think it was going to be real long. But I did feel confident – that we could get it resolved and it was the confidence that i think i was able to project to that guy and the fact that i immediately picked up the phone and called sean it's nice to have your attorney on speed dial and thank god he answers on a saturday afternoon um so to have him on the phone which was pretty disconcerting for the customs guy
0: i think at that point he's like you can hang up now he was (laughs)
1: like yeah you is that your attorney? I was like, yep. He's like, you don't need him. I was like, huh, yes, I do. I was like, this is. And not- you were
0: just like shooting the shit. You weren't even, you didn't even get to, he didn't even know you were a customs at that point, right? The yeah, attorney. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. He and, didn't, he didn't know. And the
0: cop's like, you're fine.
1: And I'm like, nah, he, he needs to hang out for a minute. And at the same time, I had also gone ahead and reached out to my USPO, my probation officer, both of them that I had had while I was here. Cause I have great relationships with them. Again, been completely transparent and said, Hey, I got a problem. Even though, you know, I've been discharged, I felt confident that I could, you know, text them, let them know what was going on and and hopefully get their assistance. And they were immediately on it. They're like, you never should have been stopped. They're like, we're faxing, you know, emailing this to customs right now. So things happen very quickly. And that's a result of the way that we've lived, the relationships that we've cultivated. So standing there at that counter, I was still confident. I did think I was going, I was going to end up sitting in a, in a cell. I didn't think it was going to be anything too, too long, too long of a delay or anything like that. But I, I, I thought things were, were going to go left from there. And thank God that individual, you know, assessed the situation and said, listen, this thing is open. You have an open U.S. probation. It needs to be resolved, but I'm not going to hold you up today. I'm going to let you go through. And I was like, man, it was a personal decision that he made. I'm like, thank you. Very much appreciated. He could definitely see your concern. He could see that, you know, we were just, we were in a a tough situation and, and grateful for his assistance. We went on from there. And like walked away, both breathed a sigh of relief, but it was a reminder still of this stigma, you know, what we're, what we're still living with. And honestly, that's probably something that's always going to be there, but we're built for this. Like we've been through much, much worse and it doesn't matter what challenges we face, what sort of overt resistance or, you know, people in the background trying to do whatever they do. None of that matters. We've got each other, whether we're in this country or in another, and everything's going to be all right.
0: Yep. We're gritty.
1: That's what it's all about. Gritability, the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain this life of our dreams. You could have it too. We love you guys. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you back here on the next episode of Gritability. Bye, guys. Damn, 5.30 on the dot.